You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. It's a privilege to be able to bring the Word of God this morning, and we're going to get straight into it. In uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, you can find the notes on uh, your app, or we'll, we've made it convenient. We'll put it all on the back screen for you. How does that sound? Fantastic. So come on, let's read the Word of God together. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Wouldn't you? (laughs) Wouldn't you be terrified? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Come on, that's some good news right there. Would you pray with me this morning as we look at this passage together? Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be able to gather today. Lord, we we don't take this lightly, this opportunity to be here, collected together in your house. Jesus, we honor you today. We say thank you. Thank you for making the choice to leave heaven your divinity, still remaining fully God and becoming human, laying down your life for us. We honor you and we thank you today. Speak to our hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about the privilege of being a good news carrier. Anyone uh, a good news carrier here? Does anybody carry the good news in their heart? How about off your tongue? Do people hear about the good news of Jesus when they have a conversation with you. Now, if I was to say I've got good news or bad news, which one would you like? How many people go, yeah, I want the bad news. Give me the bad news. I don't think anyone willingly wants bad news, right? I think we all want the good news. I don't know about you, but the last 18 months, it feels like it's bad news after bad news after bad news. Let's just turn off the news is what I say. But there's news, the thing is when news comes, it's interpreted two ways, right? It's good news for me, it's bad news for you. News comes in different forms and it affects us. You take a, let's let's take an election for instance. 
There's going to be a group of people that are they're excited that their political party's made it in. There's going to be another group of people that are not excited that the political party has made it in. There's always a different response to news, either good or bad. What about the weather? When it starts to rain, the farmers go, yes, this is just what we needed. And everyone that was looking out over the water going, I wish I could fish today. They're not so happy. Good news for some, bad news for others. What about Christmas lunch? For some, it's like, yes, this is the best. I love Christmas lunch. But for others, Christmas it should be good news. But it's not because it's a, a memory of someone who's not there. Or maybe we've got to sit beside someone that we don't want to be sitting beside. <laughs> Come on. Good news for others. Bad news for some. Even this week's announcement. Good news for some. Bad news for, for many. <laughs> the big question is, is there any such news that is good news for all? Is there a good news for all when you hear this news? That it's good news for you, for me, for every single person. Obviously, we do have some good news. And this time of the year, we get to proclaim it as we declare and we remember that Jesus came to bring good news for all. So as we look at the story, the angels, the shepherds, and the greatest story ever told, that God would choose them, shepherds and Joseph and Mary, to be carriers of the good news. What does that mean for you? What does it mean for me when we carry that good news? My first thought this morning is the good news is for all people. Good news is for all people. God is not looking for perfect people. No perfect people here. No perfect people in this place. God's not looking for rich people or poor people or black or white or yellow or green or purple people. Not looking for people who are you know, in a high-ranking position. Not looking for the perfectly proportioned people. God is just looking for all people, and more specifically, the good news is for you, for me. Many people come to church and think they're doing fine. They're doing well financially, successfully, socially. Maybe you've got incredible relationships. Maybe you've got a desire even to serve, or, or maybe you think that you're good. We think that we can give and we can serve God and God will be happy with us, but will we choose to follow Him? The requirement that we have is to trust and to follow. But it's quite easy because the good news is for all. And here's why we're looking at the shepherds today. The shepherds represent you and I, ordinary, everyday people, men and women, young people, children, who just simply had a revelation of God and responded to that. See, when God reveals himself to us, we have a response, don't we? Will I receive it? Will I accept it? Or will I turn away? The shepherds whose reputation standing in society, they were considered the downers and outers, the down and outers. God chose to tell them first. And isn't this the heart of God? He turns the world system upside down. I think a bunch of people were saying, we're looking for a king. We're looking for a prophet. We're looking for that high-ranking official to, to, to usher in this, this overthrow of the government. But no, no, no. God chose Mary and Joseph, some shepherds, 
to bring in the greatest news the world had ever received. Then the good news arrived in a, in a moment where Caesar Augustus was flexing his muscle, wasn't he? How big am I? How big is my empire? Let me just measure it. Do you think Joseph and Mary were a little bit upset about that mandate? Just a little bit at their cost and inconvenience they had to travel while she was pregnant from there to there? Do you think that would have been a little bit inconvenient for them? And yet, in the sovereign will of God, and in obedience even to the government, they found themselves right where they were supposed to be. Come on, if that isn't a word for us today, we are right where God wants us to be. And how would we respond? Are we good news carriers or are we bad news carriers? Come on, we are good news carriers because we have the gospel in our testimony, in our hearts, and we can bring something to every person around us. So the first thing the shepherds did when they heard the news was to go and see whether the angel should be believed, right? Isn't that what we do? I know you've told me, but I'm going to go and check, which is fair enough. It's what it says. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See, it's okay to ask questions. You might be here today saying, I don't don't know about this, this, this relationship with God thing you're talking about. I don't know if I could commit my life to following him. It is okay to ask those questions. Those questions are important because those questions determine your loyalty. Those questions determine whether you will count the cost. There is a cost to following Jesus, friends. You don't come to Jesus and your life becomes perfect with no problems. In all reality, it can get tougher. But the difference being is you now have what we're about to find out in a moment, peace and joy. And that's my second thought this morning. The good news brings joy and peace. Joy and peace. There is so much information out there, right? Social media posts about the biggest, the greatest, the smallest, the angriest, the fastest, the you won't believe what happened next. All of these these posts and this information trying to give us what our soul and our spirit and our body needs. Peace and joy. Pleasure. You know, that experience that will will satisfy us. But the good news brings joy and peace. If you're wondering what to look for as you're searching for Jesus, as you're asking the questions, is he real? Can he make a difference in my life? When you consider that he would bring you joy and peace, that is worth the pursuit, I can promise you. Verse 10 and 11, the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy for all the people. Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You So often people believe that God is against this, and he's an angry God, and he he, he doesn't like this, and he doesn't like that, and we think that he's just up there trying to punish us when when we do it badly. We get it wrong. That is not his heart. God's desire is that we would receive his forgiveness and we would experience his joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. God wants to be close to us. He doesn't want to keep us at at a distance. He wants to be close to us. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He didn't come to bring shame and condemnation. He came to bring forgiveness 
and joy. Life without God would be a life that is a constant battle to find those things. If you've ever tried to find joy and peace without Jesus, I can tell you, and I bet you there's a dozen people, probably a hundred people in this place, no more than a hundred people in this place that could give a testimony of joy and peace that can only be found in God. The dictionary defines joy, I love this description, the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Come on, does that not describe your Savior? In Nehemiah 8 verse 10, Nehemiah was talking to the people of Israel, and they were upset, they were grieving. They'd heard the law being read to them, and they they realized that they couldn't fulfill that law. It was too hard, it was too onerous. And Nehemiah encourages them. He says, Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, maybe you feel like you haven't measured up to that person or that person. You, you don't feel like you're good enough. And, and it's a natural response. We look at others and we compare ourselves to them and we, we think if we were just like them or if we just had what they had or if we had their job, if things were just a little bit different, I could have that joy. But that's not God's heart for us. He doesn't want us to be like somebody else. He wants us to be authentically us, but to carry a joy that is contagious. Come on, do you know that person? Do you know that person so filled with the joy of the Lord that you just want to be around them? You want to get close to them. You want to be in their presence because they carry the joy of the Lord. Here's the truth. We often experience life through our emotions. And God gives us these emotions. In Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time to laugh and cry and mourn and grieve. And those are feelings and emotions that we process. And we can't control what happens to us. We're not even in control of what's happening to us right now. But we can control how we respond and be carriers of the good news. As Jesus came to cause, to produce the emotion of joy, delight, and happiness in our lives. This doesn't mean we'll escape without moments of sadness and grief and confusion. I'm I'm normally a pretty level, kind of emotional kind of guy. I don't really have highs and lows. I'm kind of, you find me on a pretty even keel. But a couple of months back, just with everything swirling around, all the conversations and the mandates and just everything swirling, I found myself just kind of ups and downs, just finding myself just getting, just ruminating over all these thoughts and all the people that I love that are processing so many difficult decisions. And I found myself losing my peace, even throwing my hands up and saying, I, I don't know if I'm the right guy to lead this, this, us through this. I, maybe not. I don't know. I found myself in that place going, God, I just don't know what to do. And I felt like God saying, well, are you trying to control this or you'd leave it in my hands? I'm like, yeah, no, it never works well when I try to control it. You know what? About four weeks ago, I got peace and joy. The moment as I was reading the word in worship, it, was just, it, it, it just changed. Something shifted. As I said, God, I trust you. <laughs> Those good words right there. God, I trust you. You're working in the middle of all of this, and I can't even see it, but you're working. Come on, we sing about it, we we talk about it, and he is moving, he is working. And I felt this peace, and I felt this joy come upon me. 
And I thought, 44 years I've been on this planet and church has always looked the same. You turn up and you, and you sing four songs and you, you, you preach a message and you have a cup of tea and you go home, right? And we got used to it. It's, it's normal. It's easy, right? It's like, church isn't going to look like that for a little while. And I got quietly excited. I mean, wow, we could get innovative. I mean, you look at medicine that's come out of Christians, politics and government and business. So much has come out of incredible Christ followers throughout history. Come on, is this not the time the church could be stronger than it's ever been before? You know what I'm excited about over the next six months? I'm so excited about small groups because you know what? We're allowed to meet in homes. Sounds awfully like that early church, right? You know what they did? They gathered in homes. They took the Lord's Supper. They prayed. They ministered to each other. I want to tell you right now, if you are not in a small group or you don't have somebody's place to be next Sunday, you come and talk to me after the service or fill in a connect card. We want to make sure you are connected in a watch party next Sunday. We don't want anybody to, be, to do life in this season alone. So come on, let's get involved in a small group. When we put our trust in Jesus, when we focus on his goodness with gratitude, when we lift our heads up, we put our shoulders back and we say, nothing is impossible for the Lord. There's a joy that springs up within inside of us. It's like, man, we can take this. We've got this. God, we've got this together. You know, the other feeling the angel said humanity would experience is peace. Oh, do we need some of that peace right now? Don't we need that peace right now? Glory to God in the highest heaven, verse 14. And on earth, peace, peace peace to those on whom his favor rests. Friends, his favor rests on you. So his peace also resides within you. Peace, the very thing every person on this planet craves right now, right? Come on, don't we all just want that peace? Freedom from overwhelming guilt, fear, anxiety. If there's anything I've seen in the last 18 months, it's anxiousness, anxiety. Anxious about the vaccine, anxious about the virus, anxious about talking about the vaccine or the virus. Come on, anxiety has, has kind of crippled a lot of people. Their eyes are down. It's like we look across and we see these masks and we see somebody who we should fear. No, we see somebody who needs the good news. And if we have the peace of God in our hearts, we will proclaim that good news. If your mind has been ruminating around anxious thoughts, would you receive today the good news again, the good news that brings peace and joy? That's why Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace in Isaiah. You know, later, he, he's talking with his disciples, and Jesus says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If your heart is troubled, my friend, receive the good news of Jesus today. Maybe for the first time. Maybe some of us need to receive it again today. 
Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. The angels proclaimed that there would be joy and peace, and the shepherds returned, having seen all of this, having experienced the joy and the peace of the good news of Jesus. We shouldn't be too worried about what happens in the world around us. The reality is it's all going to happen anyway, and we know that. If we read the Bible, we'll see that things will happen, and we've got to be aware, and we have to respond accordingly. But we don't have to worry because it's not ours to win. It's his battle that he will fight. Jesus stands. Our battle is prayer, is worship, and the good news. Come on, we've got to keep preaching the good news in everything we do. You might lose your job, but don't lose your joy. You've got a Savior. You might lose a loved one, but don't lose your joy. You have a comforter. You may lose your health, but don't lose your joy because you have a healer. You might lose your money, but don't lose your joy. You've got a provider. We might even lose our life, but don't lose your joy because our eternity is with our Savior. God has intervened for you because of this. Number one, good news is for all. This good news brings peace and joy. And lastly, as the team joined me this morning, a third reason is why the good news is so important is the good news saves us. This is it. The good news saves us. What are we saved from? We're saved from something called sin. See, we can't truly experience peace and joy until we realize that we need to be saved from our sin. We're looking for a rescuer, a defender, a deliverer, a liberator. And Jesus came for that purpose. I've met thousands of people in my life and yet to meet a single person who hasn't at some point needed to be saved. Is this life overwhelming? Feeling like you're trapped? You feel like you need a breakthrough? We have a Savior and His name is Jesus. We all need help. I remember... We're coming back, I think, from Tauranga, heading back up to Auckland. It was um, Christmas, horrible Auckland weather and traffic, just all of it together. Had a blowout. Front tire went, pulled over to the side of the road. I'm like, thankfully, I've got a spare tire, which was great, except I didn't have the jack or any other tools in order to fix that tire. There I am, stuck on the side of the road. We didn't have AA. So we're going to need to call up and sort that out. And as, we're, as I'm just about to make that phone call, this guy pulls over, gets out of his car. It's pouring with rain. I mean, we're talking like just Auckland weather, enough said. Just pouring with rain. He's got a couple of kids in the back. It looked like you know, maybe a, a grandparent is mokapuna, just, just there, gets out of his car. He says, can I help? Now, if I was a proud man, I said, no, I've got this covered. Fortunately, I wasn't a proud man in that moment. I said, yes, please. He says, oh, we can get this sorted. Ten minutes, worked on it together, got the tire fixed. He jumped in his car, wouldn't give me his name. So I couldn't thank him, couldn't find a way to bless him or thank him. He just, he just hopped back in his car and off he went. Who does that? Come on. Wow, isn't that us? Aren't we stuck with a flat tire? But it's far worse than a flat tire. 
We're talking about a car that doesn't work. A life that has no purpose without God in it. Sin that has disabled us and we can't move. That is what our problem is. We need help. That help comes in the form of Jesus, our Savior, who said to his own father, I see the state of the world. I see it lost in its sin. And I will willingly go and give my life, suffer on a cross, take the sin of the world on my shoulders so that they would come to you. You know, Jesus says he met with his disciples for the last moment and we're going to share communion in just a moment. But as he met with them, his prayer was that they would be one. That they would come together as one. But that unity is only found in the salvation of our souls through Jesus. That's the only way we can find that unity. And right now, I don't know where your relationship is with God, but I want to pray a prayer and invite you to pray this prayer with me, to join with me in declaring that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. The good news is for me today. And if you need the forgiveness of your sins through Jesus, why don't you pray this prayer with me? With every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I was lost without you. I am lost without you. Please forgive me. I receive your gift of forgiveness, your grace, and your mercy today. I give my life to you. I ask you to lead and guide me in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe today God has just said, come home. This is you coming home. Right across this place, with every head bowed, every eye closed, this is your moment between you and God. I'm going to ask you to do something. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand straight up in the air. I'm going to spot your hand and you can pop it back down again. One of our team are going to spot your hand and connect with you after the service. Help you take your next step with him. But if that was you, you prayed that prayer. One, God loves you. Two, the good news is for you. Three, come on, why don't you raise your hand right up and say, that's me. Prayed that prayer this morning for the first time or returning back to him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that the good news is for all of us. That we receive it in faith. But it's your grace that set us free. Thank you for that gift today. Amen. Amen. As we take communion this morning, and please feel free to prepare it now. A couple of tabs there. Transparent one first. That'll get the wafer out. As we take communion, we're remembering what Jesus did for us. The the wafer, the bread, represents Christ's body broken for us. If you don't have communion, please just give us a wave and the team will get something to you. You know, the, the body represents Christ's 
The, the, the bread represents Christ's body that was broken for us. For our healing, our broken bodies, our broken lives healed because of Jesus. You know, Jaden spoke earlier about the blood across the, the mantle, across our, our, our doorpost. That was done by the Israelites. They, they sacrificed the lamb. They smeared the blood across the doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over. That's why they celebrate the Passover. Would pass over and not deliver the judgment of death, which is actually what sin deserves. But instead, the blood brought the forgiveness of the sins. So that's what we celebrate today. So I just wonder in this moment, if you're sitting somebody, sitting beside someone you know, or um, you're able to, why don't you just bless them as you take communion this morning? Father, we thank you. Thank you for this gift of communion that we would do to remember you. We thank you for your body broken for us, for the healing of our own bodies. We thank you for your blood that was shed for all of us. We receive these emblems and we remember today that we are carriers of the good news. May we take the story, may we take this testimony and speak it to others. In Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you take a moment just to bless the person next to you. Tell them they're amazing. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.